Will humans ever evolve back into fish? If there's such thing as sunflowers, why aren't there moonflowers? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Hello everyone and welcome to the highlight of the week. It's your weekly episode of This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week myself and my co-host Kit Greer Mulvena dive into a new paranormal tale and come to a conclusion once and for all as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. Kit, how are you feeling today? Are you excited to be on the podcast? Rory, uh, I'm doing great. I just wanted to uh, answer one of the questions at the beginning. Um, there are such things as moonflowers. I'm a big fan uh, that's that's one of the great strains you can get over at Zaza for us. Right. Uh, we're talking about uh, 55% THC. This one will pack a punch. Yeah, I think I had a dose of moonflowers on my first trip to Amsterdam. Uh, you know, they'll make you feel like you're on another planet, even if they are from Earth. Well, Kit, this podcast is all about the paranormal. That's what we're here to talk about today. That's what we're here to talk about every week. You know, I'd love to be one of those guys that has a... Uh, a parenting podcast, you know, but I don't have a kid and I don't want to do it anyway. Maybe I'll be one of those guys who has like um, one of those like marriage podcasts where it's like talk about living with my wife. I don't have a wife. All right. You know what I do have? Memories that haunt me every night while I'm trying to sleep. So I might as well be a paranormal investigator. I have a kid and a wife. I could be making so much more money talking about either of those things. Yeah. And I'll be honest, my wife is threatening to leave me because I won't give up the paranormal. But you know what I say to her? Over my dead body. I can't stop talking about this. I can't, as you say, I can't sleep and I can't stay awake. I can't no. do anything because the paranormal rules my life. Being a paranormal investigator is kind of like being the owner of your own little personal curse. The only way to get rid of it is to pass it on to someone else. And that's why we started this podcast, to pass on our obsession to you and hopefully finally be able to die. Why do you think I've tried every strain at Zaza R Us? Uh, because I can't turn off my thoughts. You need to be sedated with Moonflower. Well, anyway, look, we're not here to just chat at the start of the podcast. We've got a case that we need to dive into. And today's episode is a wild one, Kit. And I know I say that every week. And every week, yes, I do deliver. But this one is important because it's described as being one of the most well-documented and unexplainable paranormal events in history. So you're saying this is uh, an actual open case. This is a mystery that has not yet been solved. There are some pretty clear opinions on what happened on this day, but no one has been able to fully explain what took place, even the Catholic Church. That's right, we were talking about the assassination of JFK. No, we're not. <laughs> Why would they be multiple involved in Multiple angles, that? <laughs> multiple witnesses. We're going to get to the bottom today. There's really no way to brace you for it. We're just going to have to dive right into today's episode, right after a few words from today's sponsors. And of course, a reminder, you can get every episode of This Paranormal Life ad-free on patreon.com. Today we're going all the way back to 1916 in Valinos, a village on the outskirts of Fatima, Portugal. This was a rural town populated mostly by farming families. Life was quiet, simple, and most importantly, normal, as opposed to paranormal. But that was all about to change. On the 13th of May, 1916, 
Maria Marto was doing the dishes, waiting for her three kids to come home from herding sheep out in the nearby fields. Maria suddenly heard a commotion at the front door and knew that it was her kids returning from work. But when she saw them, they were flustered, out of breath, and ice white. It was as if they'd seen a ghost. Kids, what's wrong? Did something happen to the sheep? The kids looked at each other, deciding who should speak. Lucinta stepped forward. We... we saw something... something glowing in the field. Her mother asked. What? Glowing from the sun? No, Lucinta replied. It wasn't from the sun. It was an angel. Huh? Not that much shit glowed in 1916. (laughs) <laughs> it was actually hard to make stuff glow. If you wanted something to glow at night, it was either an oil lamp or a coal fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was barely electricity. It was it was a candle or the reflection of a candle in a mud puddle. Yeah. That's the stuff that glowed. And then during the day, the sun. Because, you know, if we were talking about, you know, 2007 in Shibuya, a lot of stuff glows. You yeah. see a little kid see something glowing. It's like... You know, all right, uh, Junior, what else are you going to tell me? You brushed your teeth this morning. Everything's glowing. <laughs> um, but but yes, in rural Portugal in 1916, something glowing in the middle of a field, a bit more interesting. Lucinda went on to tell the full story. She said that the three of them were out in the field herding sheep like usual, just herself, Lucia, and Francisco. Everything was going fine. The herd of sheep were marching towards the holding pen when all of a sudden... The field in front of them started glowing so bright that the kids could barely keep their eyes open. The sheep scattered in a panic as the children were rooted to the spot. As their eyes slowly began to adjust, they realized they were looking at much more than just a bright light. In front of them, they could see the outline of a figure. The figure was described as, quote, shining brighter than the sun shedding rays of light clearer and stronger than a crystal goblet filled with the most sparkling water and pierced by the burning rays of the sun. All right, slow down, Seamus Heaney. Who who wrote this? That was the children. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That was the children. There is a different way of talking. That's how they described shit back in the olden days. Yeah, because again, if that happened today, they'd be like, it was shining as bright as a Fortnite loot box. (laughs) Yeah. It's not quite as poetic. <laughs> the but... angel was bussing. <laughs> that angel was bussing. Bussing for real, for real. <laughs> it gave us its whole injusi. <laughs> I don't know how to use that right. <laughs> this thing was borderline <laughs> gang gang ice cream. <laughs> it really was. But back in those days, if they so much as had a good burger, right. these kids would be like, this burger was glowing like the rays of a goblet filled with wine shining from the light of a beacon of sun. Yeah. That's how they just, it was more poetic back then. I think we should bring that back. I think we've lost the ways of old English, you know? I'm a big fan of bringing it back. Apparently this thing told the children, in October I will return and all will know who and what I am. I will perform, I will perform a great miracle so that all may believe. Did he stutter? No, he, he shut up. Watch your mouth. <laughs> He's like, that's, that's a, a sin, sin actually, <laughs> correcting an angel. So watch, watch your f***ing mouth. <laughs> Angels can curse, by the way. That's fine for us. In October, I will come back and 
and line <laughs> from the clouds. Someone's like, everyone will know. Yeah, yeah, everyone will know. Everyone will know. <laughs> Sorry, it's hard to read these f***ing scrolls. I said we should have got like an iPad or something, but they, they won't, uh, they won't, the guy upstairs is a real old school guy. He won't, he won't update. We're still on Windows 98 up there. That shit's crazy. He's got a whole system. He likes the way it works. As soon as the figure had finished speaking, the light began to dim, and it gradually faded away before their very eyes. Kit, what are you doing in this situation? <laughs> Don't ask me that. Don't ask me that. That's what I do to you. Usually I put you in an absurd yeah. situation and then ask, Rory, what are you doing? I mean, look, I'm not wrong, right? If you come down from the sky and say that you're an angel, brother, you better have a harp or a halo. Otherwise, I'm going to start swinging. Where's your robes, motherfucker? I, where's your proof? So what you're saying, <laughs> so the robes are proof? Uh, I, it just is a lot of iconography that we have when we talk about angels. The halo, the harp, the, the angelic choir behind the beautiful figure. If you're just someone who comes down from the sky and it's like, hey, kids. Come over here. I'm an angel. It's like, <laughs> why is an angel in a trench coat? Uh, why does an angel have a switchblade? Well, you need to, I guess, ask uh, Kevin Smith, director of Dogma, because I, th I seem to remember all the angels wore trench coats in that movie. Um, but it is, you know, Kevin Smith raised an interesting question. What would angels look like here on Earth? I can't really remember that movie, but I seem to remember uh, they, they did have wings. And that's yeah. part of why they wore the coats was because it covered it all up. Ah, um, okay. But they otherwise looked kind of normal. But I hear what you're saying. We are pre-programmed through Abrahamic religion, through text, through religious education at school. We have a built-in idea of what they look like. And yeah. that may be right and it may be wrong. The same way that Jesus was supposedly white. I'm not saying most definitely that that's not. not accurate, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe think about that one for a few seconds. Um is the depiction of angels also right? Hard to say. But yeah, it, traditionally in like European Christianity uh, depictions, these guys have robes, these guys have wings. I mean, it makes sense that they kind of look like, I guess, what people looked like 2000 years ago, which was they yeah. all wore robes. So like, <laughs> does that mean today, uh, if we were to make a painting of angels, we would draw them wearing Yeezy slides and, and sweatpants? Right. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Biblically accurate angels from the earliest depictions are fucking crazy. They've got like 16 eyes. They're made of spheres and rings. <laughs> right, but we, okay. They're, well, we, they're but we, wild. But we should clarify for people who aren't terminally online like us. Sure. This is, this has become like a meme on the internet, right? It is, is biblically accurate My beliefs angels. are a meme to you, brother? No, the no. word of the Lord? Is there something you find funny about that? No, there's, that, no, there's nothing I find funny about that. The that the original angels basically looked like fucking Beyblades? <laughs> yeah. Do you find that funny? I think what that the, I think those were clickbait is what I'm trying to say. In the words of Jesus, let it rip. <laughs> he didn't say that. I'm pretty sure he did before he, he launched an angel at a couple of guys, <laughs> at a couple of sinners. I, I might need to Google it to figure out, but uh, I'm pretty sure that these articles that were really ads would appear in the sidebars of websites saying, you know, a dermatologist hate this woman because she does this one simple step. And then sure. the next article to that would be, uh, 
here's what angels really look like. Here's what biblically accurate angels look you like. You won't believe what these angels used to look like. And yes, it looks like a Beyblade mixed with a black hole, mixed with... It's very weird. ...a kind of explosion of confetti or something. Uh, but I think... I want to be clear. I don't think that's real. It is real. I will. It is real because another important part, I, like we're going to continue on with the story in just one second, but also something to consider is almost every time or a lot of the times in the Bible, when an angel appears, the first thing that dude says is be not afraid. Well, be yeah, not afraid. That's true. Everyone chill, chill out. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm an angel. I'm one of the good guys. You shouldn't have to say that unless you have a pretty terrifying or at least surprising appearance. I'm going to Google it. Okay. What did angels really look like in the Bible? Again, I think it's one of those things where it's like maybe the Old Testament described them in a very specific way, and then they were probably modernized somewhat to just be guys and girls. So, so, what, so what we'll start with on this search is I'm going to show you to remind you what, what biblically accurate angels, according to the internet, are supposed to look like. That's insane! <laughs> That is ins- that's the that's the final boss of a JRPG. I think that's Akira. I think that's Akira <laughs> from the movie Akira. A, a kind of nuclearly genetically modified baby. What can that teach me? Uh, when if that comes to earth it talks in shapes. I can't I wait. won't be able to understand it. If you're watching a video of this, I guess you're seeing it, but before the podcast, um, it is four to five rings like the rings of Halo. Uh, which are made of eyes <laughs> spinning in a helix. And then there's a baby in the middle surrounded by smoke in the shape of tribal tattoos. I mean, that's paranormal. That's the most insane thing I've ever seen. And that's not a joke. That is, I guess, at one point it was a depiction no, of an angel. No, no, it wasn't. I think it that's was. That's what I'm arguing. I think it the was. First, the first f***ing Google result is knowyourmeme.com. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has not gone where I wanted it to. I will say they don't look exactly like the image I just showed you. But they don't look not like it. Am I right, bud? Uh, They have four faces. One of an eagle, one of a human, one of an ox, and one of a lion. Uh, They have straight legs, bull hooves for feet, four wings. Why is the weirdest part of all of that the, the, the word straight legs? What does that mean? There's something here about six sets of wings and it sings and there's flames and something about a cobra. So <laughs> a cobra. I I guess I was wrong. There is some nugget of truth here in how they're describing the Bible is not what we have seen in the like pictures in the Vatican. In today's case, yes, we are dealing with something that is taking a human form, uh, not the form of a baby with a eagle head i don't think there was any baby involved <laughs> you're like brother i would beg for a baby <laughs> even a little baby arm well look we've got to push on with today's story because we've got a lot to get through here as i said as soon as this figure finished speaking the light faded and the entire field went back to normal their mother maria obviously didn't take this story seriously we've said it before on the podcast children are liars yeah they're not great witnesses for paranormal events for example just last week my nephew told me that he met spider-man at his birthday party that's simply not true what would spider-man be doing in la he lives in new york city 
<laughs> well, well, that's not the weirdest thing about that statement, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> You're like, you little f***ing liar. This is, this is on his birthday. You little f***ing liar. The friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, the web-slinger himself in Valencia, California. He's committed to Mary Jane, and Mary Jane lives upstate New York. Oh, I suppose we'll just hand New York City over to the Green Goblin. Should we, Henry? Huh? This is this is huh? all your other Why family members. Why don't I just call Doc Ock right now and tell him Spider-Man's AWOL? Because he's at your party, apparently. This is your brother-in-law holding you back. <laughs> I will lay you out, son! I will lay you out! Uh, the weirdest part about this entire story, though, was the fact that the children said the figure told them to come back to the same location one month to the day. Wow. This was the only part that Maria was a little bit worried about. Whatever it was they thought they saw told them to come back, which is a little weird if they made it up for themselves. So being the worried parent that she was, she actually went as far to consult her parish priest, Father Ferreira. It seems that his general attitude was kind of like, let's let them have their fun, and when they get back, bring the kids to me, and I can talk to them about it and most likely explain to them that what they're seeing really actually isn't an angel. So on the 13th of the next month, the children went off by themselves once again to meet with the angel. And when they returned home to talk with the priest, they looked more worried than ever. According to the kids, within minutes of their arrival at the field, the blinding light appeared once again. The children fell to their knees and bowed their heads as the figure materialized in front of them. According to the children, the figure said it had something to show them. Then, in a flash, their vision began to swim. The white light and fields and sheep dissolved around them, and in an instant, the world exploded into flames and darkness. It was as if they'd been transported to hell. The figure said, My lambs, do not be afraid. It then gestured to Francisco and Jacinta and said, You two little ones will be with me in heaven soon. Then it fixed its eyes on Lucia. You shall remain on earth. Oh no. To spread my message. Oh. The children said that before the figure left, it told them a secret that they were not to share with anyone. Of course, upon hearing this, Father Ferreira asked, Tell me, children, what was the secret? The kids exchanged worried looks. Didn't you hear us, stupid ass? Can't say it. It told us not to tell you yet. No matter how much the adults pushed the kids, they refused to divulge any more information. Despite their secrecy, rumors of the angel began to spread like wildfire. Newspapers reported the event, and it wasn't long before travelers and religious pilgrims began visiting the area, hoping to see something themselves. Listen to this. In the following months, thousands of people flocked to Fatima and the nearby cities drawn in by the reports of visions and miracles. This thing has escalated so much, probably against the church's wishes, that thousands of people from all over are coming to visit to see if they can spot this angel that's appearing in front of the kids. Although it seems crazy, Rory, I, I can damn well uh, believe it. You know, back at this time, things only spread by word of mouth, for one. I guess maybe newspapers as well, but... Um, Look, they didn't have B 
BTS. They didn't have sure. Taylor Swift. They had religion. They didn't even have the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer <laughs> coming out on the same day. Barbenheimer. I'm not minimizing it, but but it is true that, you know, the, the connecting tissue of all of society in much of Europe at that time was religion. If something nuts happened, it's very believable that a lot of people would see that as potentially a miracle and want to see it for themselves. Yeah. I, the fact that it's coming from kids hasn't seemed to illegitimize you know, the reports of seeing this angel. They've talked somewhat to priests and members of the church who I guess are pretty skeptical at this point, but even word is spreading beyond them and still people are coming to go come see this angel. I mean, it might be worth pointing out at, at this stage is that, you know, if anyone listening to this doesn't know, there is an existent history of this kind of thing happening in the Christian church. I'm sure it happens in every religion. We can only speak to the Christian one where... Uh, over history, there are occasionally supposed sightings, let's say, of the Virgin Mary yeah. or Jesus that he would, because it happened in the Bible, and some people think it still happens to this day, that they will appear to people in the modern day. And uh, those those stories would spread like wildfire. This one, granted, is um, even more sensational than normal. But what I'm saying is this is something people are primed to believe. Yeah. I kind of like this one because it's a very physical interaction. It's not like seeing the Virgin Mary burnt into a piece of toast or, you know, seeing water stains on a wall that kind of look like Jesus. This is the, the modern day equivalent of this is saying, I saw Jesus do a kickflip. I saw him do a kickflip outside of uh, Walmart. He's a pretty cool guy, lot. actually. He actually offered me a balloon of nitrous, which was <laughs> a legal gray area because it's like not illegal. But it's like, it is a controlled substance, I suppose. And like weird that he'd be into whippets. So yeah. I'm starting to think he might not have been Jesus. Might have just had long hair. He just had hair and a beard. Right. And said, you want to feel like you're walking on water? And then had, <laughs> had me a, a tube of nitrous oxide. Uh, you know, I shouldn't have got in his van. <laughs> <laughs> he then flirted with my friend, which she didn't appreciate. He said a lot of nasty shit about the government. <laughs> about how there were systems in place to keep people like him from being able to start his own farm, <laughs> despite knowing evidently very little about agriculture. Yeah, he said, he said, did you know it's illegal to drink rainwater? And it was clear that's what he'd been doing for some time. <laughs> he was very dirty. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a little, this is, that's a bad example. This is a bit more of a majestic, uh, awe-inspiring uh, event. So who knows, maybe the children do have something to go by. The children went back to the same field on the 13th of every month. Each time the angel appeared in front of them, it told them to pray for the end of the war, to keep the secrets it told them, and of course, to keep coming back every 13th of the month. And they did. The only exception was the 13th of August, when the kids couldn't go to the field because they'd literally been incarcerated by community leaders who were starting to get suspicious of what the kids were doing. I love the idea of the angel like just hovering in a field, just going, unbelievable. It's been, I'm gonna wait five more minutes. I'm giving them five more minutes and then I'm gonna go. I'm busy, I've got places to be, it's so rude. I mean, you can kind of see it if you're the adults in this situation and you've been like, I don't know, a devout Christian or Catholic for your entire life. And then the angel starts showing up for these kids. You're like, hey, what the f***? What the hell, guys? All right, put the kids in jail. 
we're going to take the kids' clothes, dress up as them, and we're going to go see the angel. Right. So you show up in the field, like, wearing, like, oversized T-shirts and backwards hats and being like, we're here. Yeah, walking on your knees, pretending to be short. <laughs> These adults grilled the children for a whole week while they were in jail before they were eventually let out. Immediately, they ran back to see the angel, having missed their meeting on the 13th. And according to the children, it showed up again. Soon the awaited day had arrived, October 13th, the day that the angel had proclaimed that its mission would be revealed to the world. Of course, at this point the entire city had been following the story, and even skeptical adults followed the children to the meeting place to see if anything would happen. Okay, to give you an indication of just how widespread and insane and famous and historical this event has become, it's recorded that somewhere between 30,000 to 100,000 people came to witness this miracle. Whoa! This is in a village of 30 people who've been drinking muddy water for years, scrambling out of the bushes to see if they can see an angel. All right, well, you're getting a bit rude about these. These are normal people. An entire nation came out to witness this thing. An army of people. A huge portion, like a huge crowd came to see if they could witness this. Yeah, this is like... Oasis at Nebworth Park, uh, but instead of playing, you know, Supernova Live, the hits are like uh, "Be Not Afraid," and you know, they're, they're coming out to hear the hits. You know, uh, he will come again. You know, all these kind of religious bangers. So the elephant in the room here, right, is you've been saying they've been coming to see this for quite a while now. But the thing I don't understand is this has been known like clockwork when the kids are going. Has anyone else seen? This happened. Has anyone seen the angel? Presumably people tried to follow these kids. From what I can tell, no. I don't know if people just weren't coming on the 13th when the kids were meeting the angel. I don't know if the kids were the only ones claiming that they could see the angel and no one else saw anything. But for some reason, up until this point, no one else claims to have seen, from my knowledge, seen the angel or any glowing or any supernatural or paranormal changes in the atmosphere. Suspicious, but fine. Look, Maybe maybe it's suspicious to a little sinner like you that if you if, if an angel shows up, guess what? You can't see him because you're actually kind of rude when it comes to this kind of stuff. And maybe a guy like me who's actually a pretty good person and pretty chill, uh, the angel would be like, you know what? I'm going to show up in front of this guy because I want to hang with him. I'm just not buying that people travel from 500 miles away from neighboring countries, France, Spain, Italy, to see the this miraculous a visage happen in real life and then they kind of get to the town and then uh, and, and people are like, oh, hey, I actually know the field where it's happening and oh, shit, today's the 13th. It must be any minute now. And they're like, no, nah, I'm good. I got, you know, I want to give them their space. I just kind of wanted to come and soak up the atmosphere of the whole thing without actually going as far as seeing the angel with my own eyes. Yeah. I mean, we're very lucky at this point because there's so many people at this event. We're very lucky that a dad squad hasn't formed yet of vigilante hunters who kind of have a taste for angel blood. Yeah. Because that could definitely happen. I mean, some people can see it as uh, a creature from the heavens coming down to bless us. Other people see it as the sweetest gank of all time. (laughs) That's going to look good above your fireplace. (laughs) An angel has come down to earth. He has to go back up at some point, so if I hold on to his legs and don't let go, I can ascend to heaven, <laughs> is what I'm hearing. <laughs> let's, let's lasso him. Yeah. 
tie him to a school bus and fill it with as many sinners as possible. <laughs> Sneak him in the back door. Such a bad way. <laughs> yeah, if we manage to capture him, maybe I can take his face, sneak into heaven, and I'll open the fire escape and you guys can get in the back. <laughs> If we keep him here for long enough, we can hijack the other angels when they show up to save him. God's like, I was like, no, I can hear everything. I heard all of that. That's insane. <laughs> They're magic. You can't touch them. You're all going to hell now, by the way. All right. As I said, all of these people were gathered in the field, and needless to say, the mood was tense. A portion of the crowd had only come to confirm their suspicions that the whole thing was bullshit. And when an hour passed and nothing had happened except for some light rain, the skeptics were starting to get restless. But then, the rain stopped. And what allegedly happened next, Kit, is going to blow your t**ks off of your body. Okay. We're going to hear about it right after a quick word from today's sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. To give you an idea of what is about to take place, the event that we're talking about is referred to as the Miracle of the Sun. <laughs> okay, and is I'm listening. And it's considered by the Catholic Church to be an event of supernatural character. According to many witnesses, the rain stopped and the storm clouds separated, revealing the sun. But the sun looks strange. It appeared as an opaque spinning disc in the sky. And it wasn't its normal color. It was a darker shade, much darker. And as it spun, it beamed multicolored lights across the sky. It could have been an eclipse until just now. So that's bad. According to the people on the ground, the sun then allegedly rocketed right towards them before, before zigzagging back into the sky. Things got even more confusing when they looked down and noticed that their clothes that had been completely drenched by the rain just minutes ago were now bone dry. You're on the sun, chief. It has a kind of drying power over wet. Even the swampy mud beneath their feet had dried up so they were all standing on solid ground. Despite sounding like an unbelievable case of mass hysteria, this event was no joke. It's taken so seriously that the Catholic Church considers it to be legit. And Lucia, who went on to become a nun, is now on her way to becoming a saint. And so did that, did that kind of constitute the whole event? It was basically, it was all about, so the angel didn't come back, for example. It was just the sun. I'm not minimizing this, but I just want to get it clear. The sun went dark. 
shot laser beams everywhere, <laughs> spun around and around. All right, well, don't then, say it's so... No, 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 no. It zoomed. Was, I'm saying it it's amazing. It was a miracle. I'm saying it's amazing. Okay, yeah. Well, treat it with the gravitas that it deserves. And then don't it, say, like, the, the sun did some somersaults and then rainbows shot through this guy. No, the, hey, treat the, it with the, some... Listen, and, and I know that an event respect. of supernatural character like this... It's hard to describe too. So, you know, these are, we're trying to apply mere mortal words onto the actions of God himself. Yeah. And so, you know, anything I say is, is a, it's a poor reflection of that. But that being said, it zipped over to them. Don't like the use of that word. Kind of just jiggled. Nope. You got to use something more majestic. It, it warmed them up kind of like a radiator and then it zipped back. This is not what it did at all. It, it, it dandered. It, it gallantly voyaged across thine sky with lights beaming, shining like sun from a crystal goblet. <laughs> right. All right, that's what it did, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. So don't, I just don't like you describing miracles in a way that belittles them, okay? And how many people saw this? Accounts vary. They do. <laughs> you know, we have a lot of people uh -huh. who claim to have seen the same thing. We also have a lot of people who claim that they saw literally nothing. <laughs> okay. So, could we get any more detail on maybe the the numbers, the proportion, the numbers there, of the uh, audience? They they're not specific. They're really not specific. <laughs> but uh, you can read written accounts from people who were there at the time, and it's pretty crazy. And, and the cool thing is, is a lot of the people who say they saw something, they all say they saw the same thing. Yeah. They all say they saw. The sun, this is a lot of S's. They say they saw the sun skyrocketing across... Skedaddle. Skedaddling across the sky. Skedaddling across the sunset. People said they saw the lasers. People say that the ground did dry up. Other people say that, that uh, they really didn't witness anything. I mean, you want to talk about crazy. The kids? According to the kids, when that event took place, it was like Avengers Endgame. Basically, portals opened up and every biblical character came through in front of them, flashing, <laughs> flashing like strobing visions. They said they saw Mary, Joseph, a bunch of saints, Jesus, everything. It was like a smorgasbord of religious iconography. <laughs> Paul Rudd came through as Ant-Man <laughs> said and winked at them and said, you didn't think I'd miss the big day, did you? <laughs> Which is kind of in character, but kind weird. Of weird, yeah. Uh, it was it was really strange, but kind of crazy that even if there was some sort of phenomenon, it did take place on the day, the exact day that the angel said it was going to happen. Look, there's so much to dissect in this case and so many explanations and theories to talk about. We're just going to have to zip through them here and uh, figure out if we can make head or tail of any of this crazy story. So, as I said, one popular theory is that this is a case of mass hysteria. It's delusions shared by a crowd of very, very firm religious believers. Yeah. Back in 1916, it's, it's, we shouldn't understate just how devout uh, these people were to very extreme measures where you could even convince yourself that you saw something if you want to see it that badly. Like me, when I used to dream about Hilary Duff visiting me while I was obsessed with the Lizzie McGuire TV show and movie. You know, I would love to sit here and attack the idea of a mass hysteria. I, I personally hate 
when mass hysteria comes up in, right. in paranormal cases because I think it is it is levied quite often and loosely at things that happen that defy explanation and then it's quite easy for the scientific community to just slap that on a case um, and I and I have my reservations about how often and how real that is that being said the highest grossing movie of all time is Avatar I don't know where you're going with this we collectively as a society as a western society had a mass hysteria that we watched that piece <laughs> of shit and we thought it was dope watch your mouth or whatever Avatar is great Avatar is a classic I saw Avatar the clouds parted the rain dried <laughs> and I watched The Way of Water that was the that was the modern movie equivalent of the miracle of the sun is is 50% of people say they saw the best movie of all time and 50% of people said they wish they could (laughs) gouge their eyes out and go back in time be careful what you say you son of a bitch because you're the one saying that dune is the greatest movie ever made all right fine timothee is hot what do you want me to say i don't give a shit whether he's willy wonka or he's in the desert drinking his own piss i love him the point is that, um, yes, sure, whatever. Mass hysteria is sometimes real. I'm not saying I believe it for this case. Yeah, I think you're right. It's the weather balloon of these types of events. It's a catch-all that people like to throw out to explain the unexplainable. Now, scientists have also tried over the years to find a logical explanation for the event, whether that's some sort of meteorological or ecological phenomenon that would have created such an illusion or a visual effect that would look like the events that were transpiring. But there's so much going on that it is kind of hard to explain. There are events in weather that kind of create rainbows uh, or give an illusion that looks like the sun is in different locations. But the sun flying towards the earth, people said the sun flew at them so close it was like a hawk swooping down to earth (laughs) that people cowered and hid behind trees and bushes because they thought it was the end of the world. Ironically, it was a lot like a 3D movie, like Avatar. (laughs) (laughs) The sun was coming at them. They were ducking. I've, I've never witnessed... Like, I've seen a rainbow. That didn't make me drop to my knees and start swearing my allegiance to the leprechaun race. I knew what it was. Everyone knows what it is. If the sun drops down out of the sky... I'm going to believe that there's something crazy going on and it's not some sort of visual effect. Now, despite all the religious references and mentions of praying, we should also consider the possibility that this thing wasn't an angel at all. Later in life, Lucia actually expressed that at certain points, she was worried that the figure she saw might have been the devil. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) the cat's out of the bag. She wrote about vivid nightmares that she experienced during the time period where, quote, the devil was laughing at having deceived her. Wow. Well, and that is that is a hallmark of Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, Actually, fuck, this is actually hitting me pretty hard. What did you say the little kid's name was? Lucia. Lucia is saying she saw Lucifer (laughs) and you think that's a coincidence? Open your third eye, brother. (laughs) You're telling me that an angel fell to earth. And then she's saying, actually, he appeared in my dreams and was laughing at me as the devil. And we're saying that's not Lucifer himself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty suspicious, I will say. You know, angels come to earth all the time in the Bible. I don't know if that's true. They visit people all the time for reasons. 
Uh, but when one kind of crash lands in a field and only wants to talk to children, <laughs> it's good to call red flags. I mean, yeah, because also- I seem to remember in the Bible, it was like it was pretty straightforward. They were like the White House press secretary. They were like <laughs> tapping their their papers on the desk. Uh, hello, um, thanks for being here, uh, Mary. You're going to have the, the Son of God. Um, Joseph, you'll be important too somewhere along the way. And, uh, you know, a bunch of cool stuff's going to happen. And all right, stay safe, everyone. And remember to keep praying, doing some great work down here. And I'll be back uh, sometime. Whereas this is a lot more mysterious, a lot more opaque, a lot more hard to decipher what the motivations are. Yeah, it's worth remembering that uh, one of the first things this angel did was show the kids what hell looked like. (laughs) Like immediately. I think it was the second time he met them. I was kind of like, hey, you guys want to see what hell looks like? <laughs> no angel should really show you that. I guess maybe uh, show them heaven. Show them uh, show them what heaven looks like. And if it's really that good, they'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I will be a good person because that's how that looks wicked. <laughs> yeah. when it got to be worrying when the kids are like, yeah, we saw an angel. That's cool. Uh, what did he say? He said, and it kind of sounded like a snake. He said, <laughs> wouldst thou like the taste of butter? <laughs> Which I didn't really, <laughs> yeah. didn't really click that there was much of a message there. It seemed like he was trying to tempt me. We asked if he could do any of the cool shit that Jesus could, like turn water into wine. He could turn wine into blood. He said he could turn happiness into suffering. So it was like a, a different version of the trick, but right. kind of like a bit more of a darker one, you know? He could walk on fire instead of water, which is like, okay, why do you have to do that in your everyday life? Why have you learned that trick? (laughs) The angel also complained a lot about not getting enough sacrifices. Okay. Uh, At one point, the children started wearing penitence cords, which you'll know uh, from the penitence whips that people would kind of hit themselves with. Flog yourself. Exactly, to show devotion and punish yourself. Whereas the cords, you'd kind of tie around yourself to the point where it was painful. I see. The angel seemed to like that for some reason, which is kind of f***ed up. Hurting children is not really angel vibes. So there's a few red flags there, I would say. But of course, we are here to talk about the paranormal. Let's have some this paranormal life explanations. Uh, the sun becoming a silver disc and flying down to earth? Mm, I think I know what that motherfucker is. <laughs> it's a UFO. Okay, I'm glad we finally got there. Which I guess means I don't know what it is. It's an FO. Oh, interesting. I have to say this flew under the radar for me. Are you saying that this whole thing could be an extraterrestrial encounter? I know we were pretty brief when we were talking about what the message of this thing was, but pretty much nonstop, it's talking about praying, ending the war, stopping the war, stopping humans fighting each other, and praying for the end of the war. Repeatedly repeating those messages. That's not different from the kind of messages that we hear from people who claim to have uh, encounters with extraterrestrials, who say they have messages beamed to them, warning them about nuclear weapons, uh, warfare between humans. It's all these kind of warnings and saying, you know, you should stop doing this, you should stop messing around with this. Could this be a little alien gray? taking on the form of something that it knows at this point in time, at this location, would be respected and possibly acknowledged by the people who live in this area. I mean, let's be honest, it might not even be taking on any form. 
You know, people, if this thing is kind of as crazy and hard to describe as they're making it out to be, you know, it probably just didn't have wings. It probably didn't have any of the normal descriptors. It's just that the kids just interpreted it as that. Yeah. I mean, let's make a parallel with, you know, my favorite case, Rory, uh, the aerial school phenomenon. Great um, case. Let's let's just go like for like. An enormous buzzing was heard as if you had as if your head was inside a beehive. A craft comes down to earth. It's made of a material that quote looks like light reflected on water. Right. It's kind of a, a strange liquidy material they've never seen before. And then comes down to kids. Comes down to about sixty children only. And then creatures get out that look like shadows that move <laughs> in slow motion, uh, but crucially, beam thoughts to the children telepathically, telling them that they are destroying the planet yeah. and that humanity needs to change its ways. Jesus Christ, I mean, what bit doesn't line up? Yeah, I, you know, this one, if you read about this, you'll see that the visions these kids see, the look of this figure... I've been kind of ambiguous today because we're throwing around a lot of different theories. But when th this thing, this thing wasn't delivering like little slogans when it came down. This motherfucker was giving speeches to these mm -hmm. kids, full written speeches. Uh, researcher Amy did include the secrets, which have now been disclosed. Okay, but I had to cut them from the episode because it's essentially three pages of religious advice about praying and humanity. And, you know, while we like to throw around these theories of it being like a UFO, it being a natural phenomenon, whatever, when you read about it, you'll see how, how fundamentally linked this is to religion and Christianity. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it is something else, but the, uh, the church has pretty much claimed this one as being one of the very few reputable miracle events that have happened in recorded history on earth which is pretty crazy that's saying something you know what this gets to the heart of is something i've become quite passionate about whenever we talk about the paranormal and as time has gone on you know i think when we started this show we fo focus a lot on clearly physical evidence and and all the ways that you can prove that paranormal things happen but you know i, I saw someone in the paranormal community posting on twitter they're recently saying there is no paranormal phenomena without psychological phenomena. Basically saying in reaction to all the UFO stuff happening in the world out there that I increasingly think you can't separate the two, you know, because we go, did this physically happen? Did an angel come down and show them this vision? Or did people imagine it? Uh, I don't know how much you can actually separate the two. Uh, as I've said in previous episodes, if we pointed a camera at that field, a 4K GoPro at yeah. that field, what would it capture? Would it capture the sun zooming down and zipping around? <laughs> yeah. It, it kind of feels like not, right? It kind of feels like it might not have. But if everyone had the same thing happen to them, it happened. It happened on some level. Yeah. Uh, this is Whether the, it was a telepathic message or whatever. This is kind of the argument that the skeptics have is like, here's one thing we know for sure. The sun didn't swoop, <laughs> swoop down and yes. go near the field. Right, just just so we're clear. Because that would have killed every single human on Earth <laughs> if that had like, happened. It's like if the sun moved 100 miles closer to Earth, we would all be dead. <laughs> We'd be incinerated in a heartbeat. So uh, I was let, like, let, we can all alone, agree on that. Let alone, yeah, a, a million miles closer or whatever. <laughs> Let's take that one off right now. 
I think they even worked out. It's like okay for the for the rain to dry within seconds from just heat from the sun, that would have had to been energy levels and a temperature beyond at which humans can exist. Yeah, it would have seared the earth. Uh, so there's so much little stuff like that where it's like okay. It doesn't make sense scientifically. Does that mean nothing happened? Mm, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I mean, 1916, uh, that's a time where you're not going to get that much evidence to back up a case. I think I do have some photographs of the event. Let me see. I'll show you these because I forgot to show you during the case. So this is allegedly the crowd. Oh my God. Waiting. It's the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. It's it, That is like... 50,000 people. It's crazy. And here's one thing that you kind of don't think about. 1916, yes, that's a long time ago. But like, these dudes are wearing hats and suits. Like, it's not that. They're not in fucking medieval armor. It's not that long yeah, ago. No one thought they were. I think you had it in your head that they were uh, little uh, medieval peasants. I never said that. I but, never said but that. But no, they are. I mean, for what it's worth, yes, they do even look somewhat like city folk. Yeah. And then I also have a newspaper cutout uh, from after the event. I'm starting to understand why they saw what they did. These motherfuckers were staring at the sun for 24 hours straight. That is also a theory. They're, they're that all, is a theory all, I didn't bring up. They're all looking at the sun in this photo. <laughs> That's a theory I didn't bring up on the podcast because I think it was relevant. But some scientists <laughs> think that people looked at the sun so long they went temporarily blind. And more or less insane. Okay. Which, it's been a while since I've looked directly at the sun for extended periods of time. But it probably would mess with your eyes. But then we have the, the, the claims of people who say they were looking directly at the sun and it wasn't even that bright. It was a different shade. I could look at it and it was fine. I don't know, man. It's a lot. It's a lot of conflicting testimonies, a lot of crazy stories, and unfortunately not a lot of evidence. Uh, but what are your thoughts, Kit, on today's episode? Well, Rory... It is, it is absolutely fascinating um, that it has been given miracle status. And, and we've talked about that kind of thing on the podcast yeah. before. You know, the fact that the Catholic Church keeps records of these kinds of things. I mentioned in a recent podcast that they keep records of the miracles that happen at Lourdes when people go to the pilgrimage site and then are miraculously healed. And supposedly there's a 0, 0.0 whatever percent uh, of miracles that do happen. They really believe that miracles still happen to this day. Yeah. And that this is one of them. That's that, that's cool because as paranormal investigators, we look at that and go, well, that it's a kind of paranormal investigation, really. Totally. You're looking into something, casting a semi-scientific eye on it and trying to decide whether it's meaningful or not. It's the exact same as uh, exorcisms. You yeah. know, it's kind of like, all right, this is an old thing that happened in the Bible, but the church, some churches still believe that it does happen. And they still follow all the procedures that they need to to get a demon out of a human body. Which is important because it's more investigation than happens in 99% of paranormal stories. Most paranormal stories are, I saw a thing, y'all should believe me. Yeah, and uh, everyone I, says, fuck you, you're an idiot, get out of my life. Yes. We just, we need to reclaim, we need to create the, the we need to create our own church of the paranormal. All right, we'll think of a good name down the line, but there should be people you can go to when you've seen something paranormal and they'll have some answers for you. And it can be based on research and science so that people trust it. So maybe like um, Scientology, 
that's kind of a, that's kind of already a church, and I don't think we want to be necessarily aligned with that oh. kind of ideal ideology. So, oh, you know. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we want people to know that if they believe in this, they're going to go somewhere good. Uh, what about like Heaven's Gate? Heaven's Gate is actually the name of a cult. It was a, actually a pretty popular cult that I think had some no pretty way. grisly endings. So like, again, let's try and... That's so strange. I know that sounds weird, but wow. let's try and stay away from Heaven and Gate. All right, this one's really random, but I just thought of this one day and thought it sounded cool. What about Nexium? Okay, that's enough. You have to know that these are all what very bad cults. <laughs> all right, I clearly I need to stop thinking of names. I'll let you decide. But whilst the Catholic Church's endorsement of this event is fascinating, we're still lacking physical evidence. We're still lacking photos, still lacking videos. We're still lacking um, even just a consensus that everyone who was there saw the same thing. That That's yeah. at least the minimum of what you want with a paranormal case is, is that if someone <laughs> saw Bigfoot, is that the guy next to him also saw Bigfoot? <laughs> right, yeah. That should be the bare, the bare minimum, literally, if something happens that everyone who was there actually saw the damn thing. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. What do, you, what do you want from these kids? You're talking about something that really doesn't exist in a physical form. So short of just hog-tying this thing and putting it in the back of a pickup truck <laughs> and taking it to the town meeting, I really don't know what could have been done. Even the event that the figure said was going to take place on the specific day, half the people who went didn't even see it. Maybe even more than half. The, the accounts and reports are so old that there's really not a lot of information to go by. And even though the church says this is legit and something happened, I don't know. I think, I, I guess you have to be a, a pretty big believer to, um, to be won over by this story. And it should it should be said that you know I, I'm not naive enough to think that uh, that isn't the point of religion. You know the point of faith, the point of all these stories in the Bible is that you know Jesus and his homeboys in heaven they were cooking up events that require faith, that require um, that was the whole thing. Casting aside your you know that was the problem with doubting Thomas. He needed to touch Jesus to to actually believe when others are just kind of supposed to just believe uh, because it's a leap of faith and a leap of trust in their creator. I'm not saying that's what I think, but I know that in the church, that's that's the point, right. is that, you know, even this event to them is a test of their faith. Yeah. The whole dialogue of like, all right, well, where's the proof? And it's like, <laughs> literally, my brother in Christ. <laughs> The point is, there is no proof. Yes. The test is the belief. That's that's how, that's the leap that you take. It's, it's, it's the person who is willing to believe is the person who gets to receive the message from the angel. Exactly. And maybe, Kit, this message that we've investigated today, I'm just not ready to receive it yet. <laughs> I think for me, for this instance of an angel appearing to the children in the lovely city of Fatima, it's going to be a no. For the for the purposes of whether it's a, a real paranormal event or not, I think for me today, it's a no too. Damn! Well, hey, what a great and weird and wonderful case. Bit of a unique one that we haven't really covered on the podcast before, but I think it's worth covering. <laughs> Next week, we are going to be covering, did Jesus really turn uh, one fish into a thousand? Uh, did he turn water into wine? We're going to be getting to the bottom of some of those core miracles, probably pissing off a lot of people along the way. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to be doing a whole series on miracles. 
I mean, what's so impressive about turning water into wine? I can turn water into piss. I do it every day. Jesus. Is that a miracle? No. <laughs> Everyone can do that. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. We hope you really enjoyed it. Rory, what if people like this podcast, might even really like it, might even love it, uh, so much that they want to actually see it live? This podcast right here? Yes. If you loved this episode of the podcast, you're going to want to go to church, brother. God bless you. And I hope that the blessings and the tidings, if there's a message that I could receive today. That's really good. That's really good. But no, we need to talk about our tour, our upcoming tour. We're doing a tour. Yeah, the tour. There, there's actually another guy who toured around a bit a little, though. Yeah. Right. From Jerusalem 2000 to years Bethlehem. Ago, yeah. yeah, he was actually a pretty cool okay. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he put on a few performances in his lifetime. All right, let's just get this out of your system, I okay. suppose. And he will raise no, Don't you sing. Up. Well, you have to don't sing a little sing. bit. That's part of it. Right, you are turning so many people off right now. We are going on tour. We are. Not with a sermon or something religious. We are, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the last time we performed live, we tried to summon a demon. Uh, uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, that's true. Um, we are going to be in Los Angeles, San Francisco, oh, Chicago, oh. Somerville, New York City. Jerusalem, Bethlehem. Bethlehem. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes. We're not doing a tour of Israel. That would be interesting. <laughs> we are going to Belfast, Manchester, Glasgow, and London as well. Nine dates in the UK, in America. Wow. Bringing this paranormal life to the stage. To Spreading a, the message, you could say. Yeah, <laughs> sure. A live investigation of the paranormal, mm -hmm. usually. Uh, and meeting you guys in the flesh, um, our American listeners who we've never met before uh, in person. So... Uh, couldn't be more excited. I will say, it's time to say that tickets are selling very fast. They've been on sale for a few weeks now. At the time of recording, Chicago is almost gone. Manchester is almost gone. Other dates are moving fast. You are going to want to book now to avoid disappointment at thisparanormallife.com forward slash tour. We had an incredible pre-sale for this tour, uh, which was crazy. Thanks to all our patrons on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Those guys got access to the first tickets. Um, we also then had an incredible priest sale where it was offered to the men of the cloth. Who would was like it? To, yeah, I did that one kind of separately without you knowing. Did so they there's buy actually going to be a few fathers oh God. in the front row. I'm going to have to rewrite a lot of the show. Then. They're already angry. <laughs> Very angry. You gave them a preview? I gave them a little preview where I talked at length about demons. <laughs> they filled up a super soaker with holy water and blasted me out of the church. But Rory, uh, that's not the only thing you can get at Patreon, is it? No, it's not. You can also get shout-outs at the end of the episode, and that's what we're going to do right now. Say thank you to some of the people that support us on Patreon. So thank you very much to Ellie Clark. Clark the Herald Angels Sing. Nice, dude. Ellie, you are a figure appearing in front of me, and instead of a harp in your hands, you got a couple coins for the Paranormal Pal. And I appreciate that because... Chuck them in the bucket. Angel money is actually legal tender here on Earth. It's way more valuable than our shit. So thank you for the angel cash. Also, thank you to Brandon Ronan. He's a Ronin? He's a rogue samurai who doesn't have a master anymore? Apparently so. Wow. Well, he's got no Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I was more focused on the samurai thing, but you don't have a, you don't have any branding anymore? Well, I'm I'm sorry. 
we luckily we've got a creative agency over here at the Paranormal Commune, so we can't have a guy, we can't have a samurai walking around, around without a brand. Yeah. We need to get you a new logo, new website, new typefaces, the whole deal. So come on over, we'll help you out, Brandon. We'll figure it out. Thank you also to M. Howell. M, I appreciate the effort that anyone goes to on this podcast, the keeping their identity concealed. Right. I, I I went by uh, R. Pow for a long time. <laughs> Not even the Urs, just R. Pow. So if you're going as Mr. M, that's kind of a cool, that's kind of a cool uh, alias to go by. Yeah, that was what M from uh, James Bond. It's a good code name, M. If you're friends with another Mark or Matthew, you could be M and M as well, which is pretty cool. So thank you for supporting the show. Thank you also to Becky Warner. Well, if it isn't Specky Becky, um, I know that sounds like a bit, I'm, I'm it's a bit rude way of calling someone who wears glasses, but yeah. I mean, you got to see these things. You, you hear people talk about wearing jam jars. <laughs> she is medically blind without two telescopes strapped to each eye. I'm seeing, I'm just looking at a picture right now. Those are just literally, they're jam jars. They're <laughs> actually jam jars with copper wire wrapped around them. Um, there's no way they're helping your sight, Becky. I tried to warn her, but it didn't work. At least work. remove the jam. <laughs> Thank you also to TJ Hayes. If you're having trouble sleeping at night, you gotta get yourself down to TJ's PJs. It's the most comfortable bedware you'll ever find in your in your friggin' life. Wow. They got that old school Scrooge in his nightgown kind of atmosphere. Floppy hat. The, flo- the floppy I'm hat. I'm I just think about it. The little lamp, the little oil lamp. He's got it all down there. You're going to want to go to TJ's PJs. That sounds nice. For the best sleep of your... Don't sleep on it. <laughs> That's <laughs> the slogan. <laughs> and finally today, thank you to Reich Jensen. Reich Jensen in charge of the This Paranormal Life Commune's pension. That's right. We kind of, uh, while most people contribute money every year and in the end they're given a lump sum based on their contributions, every penny goes into a pit. (laughs) And when the time comes, we'll all fight for the pit. (laughs) It's kind of a battle royale situation. People say Kit and Rory are just waiting until everyone gets too weak and feeble to actually fight properly for the pit and they're going to be pretty strong and buff and yes there's been talk about creating you know a team of all the peasants together to compete for the money inside the pit to be able to take on kit and rory and for that i say extra taxes extra taxes for even thinking about it and i know you say you've got nothing left but you do we'll find it we'll find it so uh you know anyone could win the pit anyone could win the pit of cash we don't know who it's going to be yet um and that's what that's what Reich Jensen is here for, to decide who is that winner. Do we treat them extra specially and give them extra rations so we're insured that we have the pit? Maybe. I'm not saying. But we'll find out on combat day. <laughs> God, see day. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you enjoy the show, maybe consider heading over and checking out some of the awesome rewards. It's one of the best ways to support us and is the reason why we can continue making this podcast in the studio that we have with the people that we have. We really appreciate it and it means the world to us. So thank you so much. And of course, thank you for listening to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. We'll be back on Friday with an episode of The After Party later this month with a bonus episode. And of course, back next week with another Angel story. No. (laughs) Can I get an amen? 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.